to the Reformed Dissenters. Thank you so much for watching watching or listening to us today. Uh, slight disclaimer, we are having some fairly severe technical difficulties today, but we're going to proceed ahead. So if you are watching, you may notice some lagging and glitching and all sorts of weirdness. But hopefully we will get this resolved in the next episode, by the next episode. So my name is Bruce Johnson. I'm joined here in South Dakota by Joseph Lassiter. Hello. And my brother back home in Pennsylvania, Jacob Johnson. Hello. All right. And uh, yeah, don't forget you can go to our website, which is trdshow.net. And that's where you can find a list of links to all of the various and many platforms that we are on. So don't forget to check us out on all of those platforms. Uh, you can also email the show if you have questions, suggestions, things you want to share with us. We've gotten a few more emails from you recently in the recent weeks, weeks which has been very cool. Uh, you can email the show at trdshow at protonmail.net. If you're interested in hearing us do deep dives into some of the current events we talk about on the show, you have to follow us on our pro First Amendment platforms such as Gab, Gab TV, Rumble, and Odyssey. Um, and as a reminder, this is our last week with our theme this month, unfortunately. And our theme this month is discovering and using our God-given gifts. So, so sad. Very sad. This is the second time we've come to a ending theme, ending book um, uh, episode. And it's just sad to see the theme in the book go. But we may decide to bring them back up again. Um, if we get enough requests for people who really like this theme and they want to hear us talk about it again with uh, maybe some a different book or different uh, perspectives on it, we'd love to hear that as well. Um, also, I wanted to quickly announce that there will be a poll going out on our Gab page on Tuesday, uh, which is the day this will recording will be live. So if you aren't already following us on our Gab page, I would highly encourage you to like the, our Gab page, follow us there, and um, add, your, um, add your take to our poll. So w what we're doing is we're asking what... Uh, theme we should pursue next and what theme we should do next on the show. So um, I would encourage you to check out that poll and add your input. We'd love to hear from you. Um, okay, a little bit of a breakdown of the, what's going to happen on the show today. We're going to be talking about the current events um, that happened this week. A lot of stuff happened, so we're going to be breaking that down. After that, we're going to be spending our last episode with our literature this month, which is Finding a Job You Can Love by Ralph Madsen. So we're going to be talking about that but before we can get into all of that really fun stuff we have to talk about the verse of the week which is equally fun um, and equally as interesting so this week our verse is first corinthians 4 verse 7 and it says who says you are better than others what do you have that was not given to you and if it was given to you why do you brag as if you did not receive it as a gift um so I picked this verse because I thought it tied in really well with this book, this theme. Um, and I actually, I want to expound a little bit more on this as it relates directly to this book or to this verse um, when we get into the literature section. So I'll be talking a little bit more about that and how it really ties in well. But uh, for now, I think it's, it's just really important to remember that um, we have all been given gifts by God and it's important not to think of oneself higher than um, higher than he should, higher than the people around him, um, because we've all been given gifts by God for specific tasks to fulfill his will in specific ways. So it's important that we keep all of that in mind. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about the current events of the week. And Jake, you want to kick it off as usual? All righty. So... Uh, as I've been doing, I'm going to start with reading the headline and then having Bruce and Joe react to it. Nice. So here's the headline. The headline is Supreme Court to hear direct challenge to Roe v. Wade in Mississippi abortion case. Wow. Joe? What was that again? Um, Supreme Court to hear direct challenge to Roe v. Wade in Mississippi abortion case. Wow. That's... Could you give us just a few more details on that, Jake? Yeah. I'm um, so Mississippi is putting through a law that is much like the Texas law uh, for the six-week ban on abor abortion. But 
the Mississippi one is 15 weeks. Um, but this Mississippi one is actually going to be going to the Supreme Court, whereas the Texas one didn't. Okay, neat. All right. And um, why is it that this has uh, elevated to the um, level of the Supreme Court where the other ones really haven't? So the Texas law was designed in such a way that the Supreme Court really couldn't challenge it because it was not to be enforced by Texas itself or by the state, um, but to be enforced by the people. So the the Texas law was uh, created so that the people would be basically the police officers and they would be going around and suing uh, doctors who were uh, doing abortions uh, after six weeks. Hmm. And so anyone could do that. And um, so it was able to go through because it wasn't actually the state uh, uh, enforcing it. Whereas I I don't know exactly how the Mississippi, Mississippi law is being uh, explained or how it's uh, worded. To be no. any different, um, but I do know, or I do, I've heard that the Mississippi law is a lot stronger than the Texas law, uh, and it's also something interesting that was said, and this is a scary thing with the Texas law, is that the wording basically allows this to go through but it doesn't say that this is uh so the way it went through is because people are allowed to enforce it themselves individuals um it was allowed to go through but the problem with that is any state could make any law against anything as long as they keep it with this wording and this wording will allow any state to put through any type of law so uh more uh democratic states like uh new york could put through a law banning all guns wow by saying individuals enforce it the police don't enforce it but individuals enforce it that's really interesting and that was allowed to go through so (laughs) yeah wow yeah that's the texas law but the mississippi i don't know the exact specifics on the Mississippi. Um, so I was hoping that some of <clears throat> our viewers will be able to go more in depth into that. Right. And be able to well, look more into that. Has it already so, gone to that level? Has it actually, or it's still in, in progress, right? They still haven't taken it up yet. It's, it's going to be tried in court. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe some of the details haven't been released yet because they aren't available. Right. Gotcha. Right. And so the the actually the Mississippi law was set to go before the court, <clears throat> even before the Texas law even was put into place. Oh, interesting. Okay. But because it's yeah. the Supreme Court, it takes just a little bit longer. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So if it does win, is there does it have a big impact on just the state, or does it have a big impact through the United States? Um, if if this one goes through, I think it is worded the same as typical uh, heartbeat laws are, and uh, so it would if it does go through and it does get passed then I think it would allow more people to to stand up and do this. But I, I do believe that the Texas law did that as well. Okay. And I think the people who were going to stand up against this um, and who would stand up against this after, after the Mississippi law already did back when Texas did uh, that law. And so... I I hope that more people are going to put through laws after this, but I don't think it's going to have any more of an impact than the Texas law did 
or any more of a uh, any more of a of the impact that Texas did. So I think long term maybe, but short short term short term short term I don't know. Uh, I, I think short short term it's going to have the same effect that the Texas law did. Okay. Wow. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks, Jake, for um, sharing that uh, that bit of news with us. That's that's really exciting. Really exciting to hear that uh, there are things that are happening now that are are progressing, and um, we're moving in an interesting direction, at least on some fronts. I think it can get discouraging a lot of times because there's there's so much going on and we often don't stop and focus on the you know the positive and and what's actually going on in in terms of of positive and good things so that's that's encouraging to to hear that at least some of some aspects of the kingdom are, are progressing in in other ways so that's that's good that's good to hear so joe all right. Well, I have three topics this week instead of the news or weather articles. Oh, all right. So I was doing some digging in some of our local news, and what I found was there's this TikTok challenge that's been going around the past couple of weeks. And I did some more research, and it's not just in our state of South Dakota. It's all over the place. There's news articles everywhere about uh, different states having problem with this TikTok challenge. Now, this TikTok challenge trend is called the Devious Licks, and it encouraged uh, public school kids to vandalize public schools. Wow. Yeah. It, it's crazy. <laughs> what? Yes. So this TikTok challenge was in, uh, encouraging kids to just vandalize and destroy schools. And this is from anywhere from markings on walls to taking toilet seats off the toilets and stealing school supplies like staples, markers, (laughs) those types of things. Wow. Um, So currently. And then everybody was up in arms when Trump was trying to ban uh, TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, right. right. Um, So currently TikTok and Twitter have been trying to take these videos down and trying to help discourage the kids from doing this and trying to help promote saying that the teachers are good, that you also shouldn't be vandalizing schools. Wow. So. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a positive, slight positive to TikTok. They're yeah. actually trying to help teachers and not the students. Mm. So the that was my first article. What did y'all think? Yeah. Any last remarks? Uh... Not really. I mean, TikTok is one of those things and it just keeps proving to me over and over and over again that it's not a good platform. Um, I mean, from Trump uncovering and and showing to us that it's actually used, created by China to literally steal information from Americans. That's why it was created to all of the horrible content that's on there to the ways that people use it. It's just generally not a good platform. Um, And every time I hear news like this, like I think this is the fifth or sixth thing I've heard that's not good about it. So I'm just like, yep, once again, prove to me that I will never be on TikTok. (laughs) Indeed. And also with, with, without a moral basis, like the Bible, kids are just, just okay with this. They, they yeah. see, they see yep. Yep. a trend and they're willing to just go along with it. Right. It, without right. even thinking of, wait, hold on, this, that, that's wrong. Stealing it's, things are wrong. Um, yeah. Destroying someone else's property is wrong. Yeah. Um, it's a magnification of what's under the surface and now it's just out there for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. My next article is Senator Rounds introduced new SNAP legislation for tribal governments. And in the Black Hills, South Dakota, Mike Rounds is working on a bipartisan effect to give tribes flexibility to adjust food uh, food assistance programs to meet their needs. And I'm just going to... So what does SNAP stand for? SNAP. I can't remember what SNAP stands for. Okay. So this is from the KOTA... Uh, 
local area news, and I'm just going to continue reading this news article because I found it very interesting. The SNAP Tribal Food uh, Act was introduced this week by Rounds and Democrat Tina Smith of Montana. The bill would allow for tribal governments to administer the food stamp program, oh, food stamps, uh, through self-governance contracts. The goal is to make sure that SNAP is running on a culturally uh, culturally appropriate manner that's beneficial to the health and well-being of those who live on reservations. Round said in in a statement that the added flexibility would create additional opportunities for tribes to strengthen local food economics and promote the inclusion of indin in, indigenous indigen, I cannot <laughs> speak today. Indigenous <laughs> foods. He said that he's happy to work with a bipartisan way to remove some of the bureaucratic barriers that hinder tribal communities. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yay, more government involvement. And right? that's just, that's lovely. This is our state senate, mm-hmm. senator the, that represents our state. Yeah. In D.C. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. What's y'all's uh, take on that? Yeah. I mean, there's... Again, a- like, like Bruce ahead, said, government involvement. Like, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... Um, it's... It's... It's one of those things, right? So... This is something to study historically and figure out because tribal lands, I think, is something that um, there's a lot of history behind, right? There's a lot of controversy yeah. behind that. Um, and I think uh, before we talk directly to it, we should definitely study that more and look more into the history of what on, what went on there, why it's currently in the mess that it's in. But um, but tribal lands right now, those the groups, the the those areas are in entirely in dis in disarray right now. Um, and I just, I think at this point we're just slapping band-aids on it, trying to solve the problem rather than saying, I don't think we should have two separate laws, like two separate sets of government. One is for the, you know, native American tribes and another is for Americans, everybody else. Right. Um, but, I won't comment on that further without looking more into the details of the situation, what's actually going on within those those tribal lands. But my initial reaction to that is, why are we still separating? Like, historically, when you try to separate groups of people into separate places, it's called segregation, and it doesn't end well. Um, so that that's my initial knee-jerk reaction is, why haven't we tried to rectify this and join the two groups instead of keeping them separate? So, yeah. By the way, SNAP means Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Ah, uh, okay. Great. Lovely. Another another program with a fancy acronym. Woohoo. Mhm. All right. And also we we have to think like okay, the reason the government is getting involved in this is because the church hasn't. Mm. Because the church will yeah. not hasn't done this that that's that's why the government has to do this. Right. Or, 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 has, or is or not has allowed. Taken over. Right. And so, like, when when the church gives up its uh, authority or where what it's supposed to do, uh, when it gets lazy and doesn't doesn't do what it's supposed to do, um, then then the government takes over. Yep. And does it. Yep. Because because we know the government will take over and do whatever whatever it can and whatever it wants to do, and so if if we if the church uh, continues to do what it's supposed to do, then you won't have to worry about the government getting involved. Yes. Because it's doing what it's supposed to do. It's taking care of that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. My, my final headline is, it's very short. 
And it's just a headline, and I just wanted to get what y'all's opinion was. And this comes from The Hill. Professor tells Cruz that ta- Texas voter ID law is racist. And this came oh, out on... Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, yes. Okay. And this came out on the 22nd <clears throat> of <clears throat> September. So, Wow. Hmm. Yep, we've heard this propagated for a long time. Voter ID is racist. Um, having that sort of, so, um, I think the merits of, uh, identification could be discussed anyways, independent of whether it's racist or not. I think, um, same as, as driver's driver's licenses, those sorts of things. I, I don't think that's something the state should be in charge of. However, um, given that it is voting and it's something that does affect, um, how government actually runs and whether or not the people have a say and whether or not. It is a republic. It's literally the difference between a republic and a democracy, or a, not a democracy, a, a um, anarchy, or even a aristocracy, right? A ruling class of people. It's, it's the de- difference between a republic and a system of government that we definitely don't want um, having correct and, and fair elections. So, yeah, um, that's something we could debate independent of this, but I think calling it racist just because you don't like it because it makes it harder for you to cheat is absolutely hilarious, predictable, and is just getting tiring at this point. It's like, come on, guys. What really? I, you're still you're still lying like this? We, we've heard it before. Well, what I found interesting, it, was, it wasn't just any old person telling. It was a professor yeah. telling, <laughs> yeah. telling Cruz that it's racist. Yeah, this has been shot down by the black community over time and time again, over and over again. Larry Elder has some really fantastic resources on this. So, yeah, it's just, it's a complete and utter lie and fallacy, and they should know better. But, well, and I think the point is they do, but this is, you know, if they can get it marked as racist, then they can steal elections even easier than they already are. So, just makes their job easier. That's that's all that I have. So Okay, Jake, Jake, did you have a take? No, I I like that, um, what you were saying. Cool. All right, well, uh, moving on to my picks, I really just want to walk through some of the details uh, for some of these articles kind of quickly. I have a lot I want to talk about with the literature of the month, so I'll be spending a little bit more time um, discussing that. So just kind of briefly go through these and and get your your opinions and takes on these. I'm sure you've also read some of these as well. So uh, first one is, and and this this is really crucial this is something that's important um we've been saying this since last year when covid this is by the way a covid themed week for me so here we go wow. you know <laughs> yay more covid stuff but i think it's really important really important stuff to talk about so uh, i mean we've been saying this since the beginning of the the woo flu um covid19 this is a norway official this week who said covid19 can now be compared to the flu as country remo- removes pandemic restrictions so We've been calling it a flu ever since last year. It's basically, that's what it is. Um, You take away the um, uh, unreliable PCR tests and you take away all the money incentives that hospitals have to lie about this. You take away all the um, deaths. You distinguish between deaths with COVID and deaths from COVID. Eventually, all the deaths boil down to flu-like levels. Um, So it is basically just another flu. It's something we're just adding on. Um, but, uh, the article says Norway will end all COVID-19 related restrictions starting September, uh, 25th. This, let's see, that was yesterday. Yesterday. That was yesterday. The government announced, um, they announced this, I guess, was this last Wednesday or something like that? Um, joining a growing list of countries and states that have removed pandemic curbs. It is 561 days since we introduced the toughest measures in Norway in peacetime. Now the time has come to return to a normal daily life, Prime Minister Erna Solberg. I think I'm saying that right. I'm just going to go with it. Um, Told a news conference on Friday. Uh, the virus can now be considered as one of the several respiratory illnesses, which uh, with seasonal variation said, and I'm not even going to try this gear. Oh, okay. okay, I am going to try it. But it's going to be horrible. It's, <laughs> I'm going to butcher it. Uh, Gear Buckholm. See, yeah, 
good luck. Um, you can read the article and see how that's actually pronounced. <laughs> good try. Um, good try. And, yeah, thank you very much. Um, and uh, that's the assistant director for the Norwegian Institute of Public Health. Um, according to local media. In Norway, COVID-19 has been classified as a generally dangerous disease, but the official classification could change soon, he said. So it's just like, great, finally, I hope more places realize this is, I mean, they've known it. To pretend like Fauci hasn't known that this is basically a seasonal flu all along is just, he's either really stupid or really smart. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's either yeah. the stupidest guy in politics or he's playing this for all it's worth. Right. So Norwegian right. is going to be going maskless? <laughs> yeah. Finally yeah. Basically. a place that's um, going maskless. Yeah. Yeah. So they were the first ones to come to grips with the fact that, all right, I guess the panic's over. I guess we've been doing this unnecessarily for so long. We got all the power we want out of it. Um all right, let's let the truth have its way and actually show that this really isn't that big of a deal. So, finally. Um, all right. Jake, did you want to add anything before I moved on? Joe? Maybe this will nope. be the light that we keep talking about. We need to be salt and light. Maybe Norwegian is going to be the salt and Norway. light. Norway? Yeah, Norway. Sorry. We shall see. We shall see. Um, that would be That would be exciting. Indeed. That would be exciting. All right. DeSantis, okay, this is the next article. DeSantis secures antibody doses on his own, skirting Biden's reduction of life-saving treatments. So this is something that's very exciting. Um, I Let me see. I'm going to read a little bit here, and then if, if it doesn't give you enough context, I'll give you a little bit more context on the situation. Um, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis announced Thursday that he has secured more doses of life-saving antibody treatment despite the Biden administration taking control of the treatment and effectively reducing Florida's necessary supply. As highlighted by the Daily Wire, the Biden administration announced they'd be rationing supply of the treatment, effectively cutting supply from COVID-positive Floridians. Um, As reported by Fortune, hospitals and other care providers will no longer be able to directly order monoclonal antibody therapies from distributors, according to a September 13th update posted on the Department of Health and Human Services website. Instead, the U.S. government will determine what quantity of the drugs to ship to each state and territory based on COVID-19 case numbers and use of the treatments locally. State health departments will then determine how to distribute the antibody therapies to hospitals and other sites, according to the HHS update, the outlet added. And as we know, that's completely bogus. They took control of it because they want to um, they want to punish. They want to reprimand states that didn't vote the way they wanted them mm-hmm. to vote. They've been literally rationing uh, impartially, not impartially, partially to states like Governor Ron DeSantis' state. Of Florida, they have been giving less to red states that they know are strong, and more to blue states that they want to succeed in this quote-unquote battle against COVID-19, rather than impartially allowing the states to do their thing. The federal government is doing what it always does, and it's stepping in and completely taking over every. It it, it wants to take over literally every single area. When they notice something's going well, they step in and they say, great, it's going well. Now we're in charge. Now we are, we're the ones who control this and you have no say. Federal health officials plan to allocate specific amounts to each state under the new approach in an effort to more evenly distribute the 150,000 doses that the government makes available each week, Politico reported. The move was made to apparently limit potential shortages elsewhere, though there aren't any signs of a treatment shortage. The takeover was widely criticized and even deemed as an act of partisan payback by Senator Marco Rubio of Florida. So, yeah, this is it's just literally they're mad because they're not getting their way. They're throwing a fit and now they're like, fine, well, you don't get your monoclonal antibodies um, yeah. Now we're gonna do, now we're gonna ration them out. It's, they're just it's uh, the Biden administration acting like petulant children. That's that's what we're seeing here. And Governor Ron DeSantis said, "No, I'm not doing that." <laughs> he has all along the way. I mean, this year, last year he wasn't great on COVID. This year, though, 
The guy is solid. I mean, I've never seen a governor this solid on his so many things. It's really cool to see. Um, and he's like, no, we're, we're not. We're not going to beg um, for the – we're not going to beg uh, for these antibodies, these life-saving treatments from the federal government. We're not – no. We have states' rights. We are going to do this ourselves. We don't need you. And they're doing it. It, it sounds like something uh, Christy Nome should have done with <laughs> the whole Fourth yep. of July. Mm-hmm. Instead of begging for the the uh, yeah, federal government to let them the use Mount uh, use Mount Rushmore, yep. go do it yep. yourself. Yep. Find just, some other land. It's just sad. It's just sad. But yep. Meanwhile, but the rest, to, of, the rest of the say, world around her was crumbling, and she's focused on yeah. fireworks at Mount Rushmore. It's like. Come yeah. on. There are so yeah. many other important things you should be focused on right now. And you're, yeah. she didn't even win the fireworks thing that she focused all no. of her efforts and all of her le- or supposedly all of her legal team efforts and all this garbage. I'm like, are you kidding me? So go ahead, Jake. Yeah. I'm sorry I cut you off. <laughs> so actually, I was I was going to say kind of what you were saying about the uh, the the whole Biden administration creating this uh, this sort of like a ban, but letting them choose where to yeah. where these these yep. products go. And I'm like that they, they shouldn't have the power to do that because right? that's that's assuming that the government is uh, unbiased. Mm. That's assuming yep. that the that the uh, that the people are not corrupt. Yes. And yes. And actually, uh, a point or something that uh, Adams said uh, hmm. a long time ago, he said that every person is corrupt. And, yes. and as Christians, we know we are all totally depraved. Yes. So yes. everyone is corrupt. So we shouldn't put this power <laughs> and we shouldn't give this power yep. to to people they, they shouldn't have this power because of course they're gonna have a bias and and as uh famously uh ken ham said uh everybody has a bias it's just which bias to be you should be biased by yes and yeah. and so we know that they're gonna have a bias we know that they're going that that nothing is uh without a bias so it's like, how yeah. could anybody think of this as, well, they just want to make sure any state that that states right. that don't have enough get get what they need. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's that's not how this works. And, and this is what happens when a government goes away, when a, uh, when a people, when an entire nation deserts, not just their founding documents, not just the things that they were built on that made them great. But the Bible as a whole, the Mm. laws laid out in Scripture, the things taught in Scripture, when an entire nation from the bottom up deserts that, you get tyranny, which is what we have now. You get a federal government that is 300 times larger than it was ever meant to be, ever intentioned to be. Um, And this is what you have. You have an aristocracy. You have unelected bureaucrats who get to do whatever the heck they want, and you have zero say. That is not a republic. That is an aristocracy. Yeah. All right. Anything and to add, Joe? Exactly, oh, sorry, it's basically Jake. the same the same argument that we were talking about with the the whole TikTok thing. Hmm. It's it's interesting how these these two issues, when you break them down, can be very closely closely related. Like without without the Bible. Um, things lose control. We yes. lose our morality. We yep. lose every area of thinking. Yeah. In, in it, so it, many it, ways, we can't even foresee them. We just, we can't even yeah. imagine all the ways that our culture will collapse when we, when we go away from scripture. Yeah. It is so surprising how much that, how much our culture, so there was a time period called Christendom and Mm. that was in England's very beginning. It it was after Rome and in England's very beginning where 
things, the majority of the world was Christian and a lot of thinking was influenced by Christian thought. It was a Christian culture. Everything was. And, and it's interesting how in the founding of America, even the people who weren't Christian, like Benjamin Franklin, still had that the Christian ideas. He yes. believed that everyone should believe in Christianity. It's funny that he didn't. He did later on in his life, closer to the end of his life, though. But um, he believed that everybody should. Yeah, he believed that the Bible knew... was full of wise sayings and was an important doc, uh, important book to follow and at least uh, mm -hmm. consider. Yep. Well, no, I even he went even further than that to even say that without the Bible, it is it, then the people wouldn't be a morally correct people. Mm. It, yeah, and. Without the Bible, they, they really couldn't create a good government. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, very, very interesting. Yeah. And, but, yeah, I went off into a rabbit hole, but, <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Rabbit holes are good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, my final headline, North Carolina hospital system suspends hundreds of employees after COVID-19 vaccine mandate. A North Carolina healthcare system said it suspended hundreds of its employees after the firm implemented a COVID-19 vaccine mandate, adding that workers who refuse to get vaccinated after five days will be fired. And I'll bet their governor didn't step in to help either, like Christy Nome didn't. Beginning this week, approximately 375 team members across 15 hospitals, 800 clinics, and hundreds of outpatient facilities have been confirmed to be non-compliant and are not able to report to work, stated a press release from Novant Health, which is based in North Carolina but operates in other states. They will have an opportunity to comply over a five-day unpaid suspension period, the release said. Oh wow. my goodness. Wow. If a team member remains non-compliant... After this suspension period, he or she will have their employment with Navant Health terminated. The firm then claimed about 98.5% of its workforce are compliant with the policy, meaning, wow, 98.5% of their workforce is, it not, is not thinking this thing through. That's scary. I don't want 98.5% of the people who would theoretically be in charge of my health to get themselves <laughs> injected, shot up with an experimental drug that has horrifying side effects in the short term and who knows what in the long term wow yeah. that's great that's so comforting yeah. you know with that 98 percent i wonder how many of them have stepped back because they've mm, gotten how many the, have realized that it's they've gotten the, the vaccine but now they're like i don't want to get the boosters <laughs> yeah imagine everything I mean, else that comes with it I, i'm trying to imagine yeah. if if this actually goes into place does that mean those who have gotten the vaccine but need to get the boosters, those who don't want to get the boosters, are they going to be kicked off a job now yeah. too? Yeah, for sure. Yep, it's crazy. It Sorry is to crazy. Stop you in your tracks. No, no worries. No, I and it's it's just like wow. How far are they going to go for this ridiculousness, this literal insanity that is these experimental gene therapies? It's it's utterly absurd. Um, it's it's seriously like unreal how much how how long we've been talking about this hmm. and and like this this has been the the hot topic for almost two years now yeah. no a year a year and and almost a half and crazy. so that's it, it's it's kind of crazy how long this is how long they've been able to keep this as the current trend. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah, and indeed. keep in in a little bit of it is on countries. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of it is kind of suspicious to me because they're they're trying to hold this now. Mm. It seems like I, why? What are they trying to cover up? Right. I think what you this know? has done is it's revealed exactly how fallen and how destitute our churches are they're not standing against this they're not seeking out the truth they're not preaching the truth they're not teaching their congregation the truth and fighting this and 
it's literally revealed to us just how bad our churches really are, that they haven't gotten involved, haven't gotten in this fight, generally, largely. I know some have, which has been fantastic. It's shown us which states, which churches, which groups of people are still in this fight and which have just checked out. Um, so, yeah. Yep. You know, yep. With, with those stats, I wonder how many people are going to leave, like, big tech corporations if they haven't got the vaccine or the yeah. booster or even yeah. the military. Like what Andrew Torba has been pushing for, we need a new economy. We need to push back against this. We need alternatives. We need to not feel pressured into staying where we are, getting this experimental therapy against our will. This is not something that should be forced on us. This is not something they should even have the power to keep us you know, or the power to, to do to us as human beings, right? Um, we need alternatives. And I think that's what he's working towards, what uh, Andrew Torb is working towards, which is really cool. And I think the scary thing that you brought up there, Joe, was um, the military. The, the problem there is, is they can't just leave. Yeah. If, if they leave, they're considered... Uh, <laughs> Dishonorably uh, discharged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're it's... AWOL. It's either going to be they're fired or they're going to retire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. All right. Well, with that, let's move into our literature of the month. And this is our last week. Sad. With Finding a Job You Can Love by Ralph Matson. So um, this week we read chapters 12, 13, and 14, the last three chapters of the book. And uh, our first question is, what did you find most interesting about the chapters? And Jake, go for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were going to shake things up. Sorry. That's my bad. With all the technical difficulties today and all the stuff we've had to deal with uh, to get this out today, <laughs> my brain is still a bit rattled. So, um, okay. It's what okay. we're going to do is, yeah, we're changing things up just a little bit today. Um, wanted to change the structure just a tad. So, what we're going to do is we're going to have the last two questions that we're going to talk about. Um, but before we get to that, what I want to do is I want to just introduce, um, not introduce, reintroduce and recap the um, the book, kind of the book and the theme in its entirety. So, um, so let me just talk a little bit about that. So since this is our last week with this book, I wanted to sum up what I found most interesting about the book and this topic in its entirety. Uh, first of all, one of the most important things to note is that we spend most of our life doing work. Right? This was one of the most important things. We spend most of our life doing work. Most of the hours spent in this world are spent working. And that's the way that God designed it to be. He created us as beings that can both enjoy work and find fulfillment in it. Um, that is when we do it for his glory. So that's the first step. Work is not wrong, essentially. Secondly, each of us has been given gifts and talents from God. He gave us each unique abilities and dispositions uh, in order to accomplish his will on earth. When we use the gifts and abilities given by God for his glory, amazing things happen. Maybe not on a grand and clearly visible scale here on earth, but our reward in heaven will be great, as Matson states on page 175, when he says, there will be a difference between one believer and another. That difference is exp expressed in terms of rewards. Rewards in time are passing, but in eternity, they are forever. That alone magnifies the meaning of the well-done, good, and faithful servant of Matthew 25, 21. There is to be eternal praise from God for the faithful Christian. We look forward to his well done, and we will live for eternity in the pleasure of his being pleased. End quote. Our work is vitally important because God seeks to reward those who follow him. Um, so that was my second point, the importance of, of our work um, in that regard. Thirdly, our work should be used to further his kingdom here on earth. Since it is the thing we were created to do for the largest portions of our lives, and we have each been gifted for, ex for specific kinds of work, we should work extremely hard to ensure that our work is used not only to further our own goals and ideas, but to further God's kingdom here on earth. Our work is one of the single most important tools we Christians have at our disposal every single day to expand the kingdom of God. It's not about the money. 
It's about finding what God created you to do. The money will come later. When we do our work as unto the Lord, we will change lives, find fulfillment, and most importantly, shine the light of Christ in this world. So to me, that's kind of what this whole theme, this whole book, um, this whole month really has, has been about uh, in studying this topic. And, and those are, to me, those are some of the most important takeaways um, and, and pieces of encouragement and also, um, I guess, admonitions and, and, and things that should propel you forward um, in your daily lives. When, when you're thinking about work, um, it's not just a, a frivolous thing. It's not just something we, ah, uh, I got to go to work again. It's something that we do actively. Um, and it's a very active, important, it plays a very active and important role in our place in the kingdom of God. So, okay. Question number one. Here we go. <laughs> number what did you find most surprising? Something you hadn't considered that way before. And Jake, you can go first. <laughs> all right. So something that is very interesting that I do believe we all knew about, um, but the author brings to light, and I think we should look at this. Uh, God gave us gifts to do what? To use for a job or occupation. Why should we do a job or occupation? Because we want to help other people. So if we really think about this, we can say that God gives us gifts to help others. Um, and I think that's a and, and that's a connection that Ralph Matson makes, and I really think that is a very interesting connection that your job is to help other people. Um, we yeah. can see that the majority of jobs, if not all of them, are to provide a need for someone else. Hmm. Um, think of big tech. What are they doing? They are creating <laughs> software so people uh, have a more convenience. They create um, tablets, iPhones, all these yeah. different things. Yeah. But um, social media, people right. can talk to each other. Yep. 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 So all of our gifts and and all of our jobs are meant to help other people's. And in turn, God gives us gifts to help us with those jobs and show us what job to be in. And so basically what, what is being said there is that God gave us gifts to help other people. Hmm. So I think that is a very interesting connection Yeah. that uh, Matson made. Very cool perspective. Thank you, Jake. All right, Joe. My... Um the in in chapter 12 ralph matson was talking about the gifts and spiritual gifts the thing that i found that stuck out to me was the phrase on or the sentence on page 158 and it was it stated in the exercise of of a spiritual gifts it, the christian must exercise his will or nothing real will take place and i just was like hmm I find it interesting, but I'm like, what What kind of will is he talking about? Do you know? Yeah. So I, I actually bring this up um, in my answer to this question. <laughs> Yay. So I could go over that if you'd like. Sure. <laughs> hey, two, so, two birds with one stone, right? Yes, indeed. Did you have anything else to add? Or That, that was okay. my main thing cool. that I was wanting to highlight. Yeah. So um, in chapter 12, Matson talked about how God uses what he called the natural will of man. Right, which is what you were just mentioning, um, in addition to something else he called logical practice to magnify the spiritual gifts he has given to us. So essentially, he, he listed various examples throughout Scripture on page 155 where God amplifies the gifts he'd already given to the people he chose. Um, Matson discussed people like Samson, who had great natural strength before God increased it. Or Solomon, who was already inclined towards wisdom before God gifted him with unparalleled amounts of wisdom. Um, this struck me as being a wonderful example of God's providence. He knew before they were born um, what he needed them to, to be, and he gave them experiences and dispositions that would lead them down that path. So 
the will of man, natural will of man, is actually, uh, it's funny because it's actually something that comes from God, right? That the, the will of man is from the will of God. It's, um, I think what Matson meant by the will of man in that particular spot was he was talking about our inclinations, things that we tend to want to do. Um, we tend towards, like myself, I tend towards software engineering. I enjoy coding, so I spend a lot of my time doing that. I love uh, building projects, so I, I lean towards that, right? You lean towards electrical type stuff, right? And so you're going to lean towards a lot of that, that area. Jake leans towards cooking, so he'll focus a lot of his time and will and effort on that. And what, what Matson was talking about in that chapter was that's the will of man, our inclinations, our desires, our intent towards a specific career and job. And God uses that and amplifies it with his gifts that he gives us, right? So he's given us those experiences in life. He's put us down that path in our road or, or path in our life and, and on that road. And that's the will of man that we are seeking. And God uses that because he put it there in the first place. He put it there for a reason, gave us those desires for a reason in the first place. But he uses that then and amplifies those gifts and inclinations with his own spiritual gifts. So um, I also wanted to mention that I really liked the focus of chapter 13 on interacting and working with others within the body of Christ. No gift is better than another gift. And this is actually why I um, chose the verse that I chose. Um, mm. We can sometimes grow to think that someone is um, someone in the engineering field is smarter than someone who has to work with their hands or you know all sorts of other things. But it is clear in Scripture that all our gifts were given to us by God for specific purposes. We shouldn't look down on others because God gifted them in other areas. We shouldn't also we also shouldn't try to make them into someone that God didn't create them to be. We should be anxiously searching for the purpose God created us and our friends for. By identifying our gifts and abilities, we are one step closer to finding that purpose. So it's it's really important that we're not trying to like twist ourselves into someone we think we'd like to be, but it's clear and obvious that that's not who God created us to be. Um, and if you know someone and you're like really trying to push them into being, you know, being someone, um, you know, doing a particular occupation or, or whatever that God clearly didn't create them to do, maybe, you know, step back and be like, wait a minute, what are their actual gifts and abilities? Let me ask them. What, what do you think God created you to do? Let's go through this book. Let's read this. You know, let's figure out what you were created to do. And maybe I can help you go down that path, right? I can help you do what God has created you to do. What did God create you for? So, all right. Next question, final question. What part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month? Go for it, Jake. All right. So, um, uh, this chapter being the last chapter of the book, so chapter 14, um, uh, and actually, subsequently, subsequently, the last chapter of the show, uh, Ralph Matson tells us that there is a difference from one believer to another. This is basically what Bruce was saying before about how we are treated differently. God sees us hmm. differently. Yeah. Uh, with as as we saw, uh, as as we see through the parable of the talents, that God calls one good and another wrong. Hmm. Um, yeah. And one that is a good and faithful servant. And so we see that we must use our gifts in order to please God. Yes. And that is how this relates to our theme this month. That we must discover and use our God-given gifts because it pleases God when we do so. Hmm. Nice. Very cool. Thanks, Jake. Joe? Well... Y'all like to take all my points, don't y'all? <laughs> well, well, it's a good thing, and it's a good thing. But the only other thing I have to add on to what Jake was saying was I the, the verse that stuck out to me in, in chapter 14 was 1 Corinthians 3, 13 through 14. And that reads, Each one's work will be manifest, for the day will disclose it. 
because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. And I was, it, it just stuck out to me in a way, I'm like, it, it really shows that we really should be able to enjoy what we work. Yes. How, how we're doing, because if we don't enjoy what we're doing, how can we build a firm foundation? Hmm. Interesting. I, maybe that's not the right way to yeah. look at it, but I, that's yeah. just the, I, And I mean, I, I think um, both in Knowing God by J.I. Packer and, um, and also in uh, Ralph Matson's book, you know, Finding a Job You Can Love, both talked about the pleasure of God. Both talked about um, God wanting us to have enjoyment, to find fulfillment, to find joy in life. And um, Ralph Matson goes to great lengths to um, show us that, the, that the, the Bible talks about us enjoying what we do, enjoying our work, finding fulfillment in our work, doing, as, doing it as unto the Lord. And when we do that, um, it's not something we begrudgingly do. We look forward to it. It's something we enjoy. We, we, we can't wait for Monday to come around so that we can start going about God's will again. So, yeah. Um, okay, well, my answer, um, the question again is, what part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month? And the theme, as a reminder, this is the last time I'm going to say this theme, <laughs> um, theme is uh, discovering and using our God-given gifts. So my answer is, I wanted to mention something that we haven't touched on very often, but relates directly to our theme and should be, I believe, central to any discussion regarding the use of our God-given gifts. My point is this. When selecting an occupation, we should not be um, following the money, as is the term. Uh, we should be following our gifts. Money should not be our primary motivating factor. Glorifying God through the gifts he has given us should be what we strive to accomplish every day through our work. So we should first consider what gifts and abilities we have been given, then figure out how to make money using those gifts. The order of those two things is very important. Um, and I've seen, unfortunately, so many cases um, where people don't pursue things because it wouldn't make them money. They don't pursue things that they're clearly gifted at because, mm. ugh, I couldn't make a career out of it. I couldn't make a... Um, I don't know. I just don't think I can make a job out of it. Um, but if it's truly something that God created you to do, money will come later. Money, you, you figure that out. That's part of the creative process is you figuring out how to make money with it, how to monetize the thing, right? But yep. don't let that be your primary motivating factor. Yes, it's important. Yeah, sometimes we work because we need the money, right? Um, that's sometimes the way that life works, but it shouldn't be the primary main objective of your job to make money. You're going out there in the world so that you can make money. No, you're going out there in the world so that you can glorify God every single day, accomplish his will and shine a light in this world and be salt in this world. That's why you're going out there every day doing your job, doing what God created you to do. Not because you need the dough. <laughs> Because you want to accomplish God's will for your life. So, all right. Well, I believe that's it. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining in. We're so, so sorry about the technical difficulties we've had this episode. This is uh, lucky episode number 10, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so, or not hopefully. so lucky. Yeah, not so lucky, episode number 10. Hopefully, we'll have all of this worked out uh, by next week. I think there were some updates that happened this week that have just messed with my entire system. So, we shall see how this works. Um, but don't forget, you can follow the show on all of the many, many platforms we are on. And also, please, don't forget to share this with your friends. Um, we really want to help spread the word about the show. And you can share our website, which has a list of all the links to all the many, many platforms we are on by going to trdshow.net. Again, that's trdshow, the Reformed Dissenters, trdshow.net. And um, definitely check us out there. If you haven't already, go to our Gab page. We're going to have our poll up on Tuesday morning. Uh, it's 7 a.m. Eastern Time. 
um, same time the show goes live. So you will see that poll up there. In fact, if you're listening to the show, you should have already, the, the poll will be there. So check it out. <laughs> um, also, we would uh, love to hear from you. You can send us any information, data, questions, whatever, to our email address, which is drdshow at protonmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We've heard from so many of you already, and it's been so encouraging to get your uh, emails. And until next week, um, we will see you in the next episode. Hopefully. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do as unto the Lord. <laughs>